He was to have been executed in California early today, but two attending uh, anesthesiologists objected on ethical grounds. Prosecutors want a judge to approve a different method of lethal injection, barbiturates, so that execution can proceed at San Quentin tonight. Dave Barrett, CBS News. The following is a paid program. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect those of the management and staff of 1110 AM KAOI. Good morning. Welcome to Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake, exploring ways to live our lives more fully in this wonderful world. We welcome your calls and thoughts at 242-7800. Conversations with Friends is brought to you on KAOI by Unity of Maui, where the heart is at home. Now, here's your host, Mary Omwake. Good morning, Maui. It's James Jacobson sitting in for Mary. Mary is off island today. She will be back on ch- at church on Sunday. We, however, have a full program with one of our favorite repeat guests. People have asked for her to come back, and we bring her back because she does these amazing programs several times a year at Unity. Her name is Kristen Morf, and she's going to be joining us to talk about nonviolent communication and uh, following the work of Marshall Rosenberg, who is just amazing. In our second half hour, we're going to be speaking with two folks about a very interesting program. I was doing some research on it this morning on the Internet. It is called Diksha, and uh, Beverly Brunel and Chris Mensel are here, and they're going to be telling us about a variety of different uh, Diksha programs, which is a new form of energy healing that are ha- that are occurring here on Maui and that you can participate in very easily. And we'll talk about that in our second half hour. Today's word of the day from the Daily Word is actually four words. Let go and let God. And it's all about releasing all to God as you prepare to receive my good. And that's a very good way to introduce Krista Morf because I think a bit of nonviolent communication, as Marshall calls it, is about letting go and and just being in the flow. Good morning. How are you, Krista? Good morning. I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm very glad to be on the show and uh, have an opportunity to chat with you today about what's going to happen. Yes, uh, let go is part is part of uh, not just for nonviolent communication program. This is a life program. As far as I know, every every spiritual teacher is saying that. So we're right in the center of what this life is about. So in nonviolent communication, we let go in really understanding mm-hmm. why we do, what are the needs that we have, uh, and how can we meet them. And when later we understand it didn't work, how we how we were trying to meet them, then we can forgive ourselves and move on. What is the basis of nonviolent communication? First of all, it's been around since Marshall first published his his best-selling book. How many years ago was that? Well, that was in '99, but it's been around since '60s. It's the '60s. But and he's and he formed, but he developed it. I mean, he's yeah, really he's really the impetus behind it. Exactly. Exactly. And and how do you define it for someone who's never heard of this concept, nonviolent communication? I would say this is a way to say what you really, really want to say, to speak your truth, without blame and judgment, without intentionally wanting to hurt anybody, which is actually always what we think when we say, I speak the truth. But we have an unfortunate way of speaking our truth Mm -hmm. that others cannot hear our truth. Instead, they feel 
a lot of emotions coming up and defend themselves when our truth is critical or judgmental. Now, I, I like the spin that you put on it, that we sort of have at Unity, we, instead of calling it nonviolent communication, you, it's called compassionate yeah. communication. Yeah. How do you think that, uh, why is that a better, is that a better moniker? So many people say, but Christy, when you say nonviolent, you actually bring viol- violence in, mm-hmm. in the same Just non- by uttering the word violent. Yeah. Exactly. And I know that the human brain uh, doesn't hear the non. Yeah. However, Marshall is, stays with this and we support him actually because in the regions that we're working in, like I'm, I'm talking about the Middle East, Africa, Sri Lanka, um, Indonesia, and in some uh, cities in the U.S., mm-hmm. violence is real. I mean, it's physical. Mm-hmm. In that sense, real, there's, it's other kind of violence. And that's the mm-hmm. genesis of where this really came out of. Yeah. I mean, it came out of getting into these hot spots and yeah. how to deal with things where there's real strong feelings. Excellent. And what, what you have done and, and you meaning all the facilitators who facilitate this process is brought it down to the practical. So that's if right. we are experiencing contention in our lives or disagreement, this is an opportunity to, to bring this type of communication yeah. into our both our workplaces and our home lives. That's right. But let me let's explore a little bit how it's being used in the most contentious areas. I mean you were you were talking about the Middle East. Yeah. Tell tell me about what's happening. Well the the moni- most there Marshall Rosenberg's work is mainly used almost as mediation work mm-hmm. because what happens is the people who I'm not talking is Israelis versus Palestinians only. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Israelis versus Israelis within within yeah. and Palestinians uh, against Palestinians. I mean, this is happening because some people want to really act actively participate in peace, mm-hmm. and some are so afraid that they they're saying you cannot trust these people. Mm-hmm. So within. All so there's the divisiveness within the group, and if there's that divisiveness there, bringing it between the two parties is even going to... It's it's uh, going to be very, very difficult. Yeah. So the work of NVC, and there are at, at this point, I think, about at least uh, three dozen trainers mm-hmm. in Israel and Palestine mm-hmm. that are working, living there, they're yeah. from there, and they are being used in schools, and they go into workplaces, they, they're in the army, mm-hmm. the police... And uh, are really helping people to say what they want to each other and acknowledge it. And that's why I'm saying it's almost a mediator work. As uh, the trainers become the ones who, when people say, uh, you don't care, you just want what you want, you don't care what happens to Mm -hmm. our people, that the mediator is understanding that the person who is speaking you don't care would like consideration for their needs. Mm Mm-hmm. And the other side, of course, says, well, we do care, but ha- see how we're getting what we're getting? Mm-hmm. You're blowing us up. You're blowing our k- children's schools up and so on and so on. So instead of hearing each other, there is continuous uh, judgment and uh, and blame. So how, when, it, when, you, when, the, when there's such fuel and such issues, that, I mean, really, these are life and death matters they that they are. were discussing. They how does a facilitator get into the heart of it and, and just basically, what's the first step and how do they come down the situation? Can I tell you the truth? Yeah. And this is why this book is out here, Speak yeah. Peace. This is the new book. This is this Marshall's is, new book that just came out yeah. in November, Speak Peace in a World of Conflict. And the next sentence, what you say next will change your world. 
And that's a very important sentence. What you say next will change your world. And this is what, uh, giving an answer to your mm-hmm. question. When the mediator or facilitator comes in situations like that and he has a judgment or she has a judgment about any of the parties that are involved, she cannot do the job. Mm-hmm. That's And this I would like people who li- are listening and th- probably thinking of situations themselves where they are sometimes in between a uh, child and another child or in, in the school or whatever, at the working place. If I have judgments, I am not part of the resolving. I'm part of finding maybe uh, um, good ways mm-hmm. to resolve the issue, but not the con- there's not the connection happening. I need to come in with a clear slate. Non-judgmental. Non-judgmental. And you, now you're talking about from the standpoint of the mediator yeah. or the person who's facilitating right. that conversation. Yeah. Um, how d- Mary Omway talks about, we, we, she's told this story, uh, I guess about a year and a half ago with the Dalai Lama where they assembled this wonderful group in Italy and they had the Palestinian and the uh, uh, rabbi from Israel basically speaking. And, and when the Dalai Lama just said, you know, everyone just kind of chill out, relax, and listen to what they're saying from a part of from a place of non-judging. Because you start listening to that type of a dialogue from well, you 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 are on one side or the other. Yeah. How do you get to a place either as the facilitator or as the observer, not just as a participant, from one of those other places to a place of non-judgment? In and here is the main thing: in trying to tune in. What is this person needing when he or she says, you are? That's how we speak. You are inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. You are careless. You are um, racist. Mm-hmm. What, instead of hearing what the person is saying, that's the work. Mm-hmm. And that's the work in everyday life. Mm-hmm. To find out what am I needing when I, sh- I should say, this is a racist. So really putting yourself in their shoes. Yeah, to to tune into their hearts and not into their thinking. Into their, yeah. And that's why compassion is the word for it. Like, for instance, when somebody says, you're a racist mm-hmm. to you or to me, mm-hmm. I'm saying, so you really would like to have some more consideration for what you folks are con- uh, are uh, faced with? Mm-hmm. What, or what you, you are faced with as a person or your community if people come from a community mm-hmm. that's what I tune in I don't hear anything about me mm-hmm. this is the, this is the beauty of this process mm-hmm. when people say you are and bring even insulting words mm-hmm. I don't hear those words anymore you become deaf to them because you start trying yeah. to get into their head and see what they're thinking yeah. it's just what is this person needing when yeah. they are saying a word a sentence of insult Krista, this is fascinating stuff. We've been talking about how it applies in big scenarios like in contentious areas like the Middle East. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, I hope that we can do this on a personal level and talk about it in relationships, both in the workplace and at home. This is Conversations with Friends. We'll be right back. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m., at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. 
Do you dream of owning a home or consolidating debt with a refinance? Hawaii's premier mortgage company can make your dream of owning your home in paradise a reality, or they can help in the refinance of your existing home with their experience, guaranteed lowest rates, exceptional customer service, and a little magic. Premier Mortgage can get you a home loan to fit your needs. To find out about Hawaii's premier mortgage, various loan programs, call Trisha Morris and the magicians at either office location. Call Premier Mortgage in Kihei at 874-8800 or in West Maui, call 665-8800. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson sitting in for Mary Omwick. Mary will be back next week. She'll be in church on Sunday, and again, we'll be back together uh, next week behind these microphones. Our guest today is Krista Morf, who is running a workshop this weekend at Unity on compassionate communication, otherwise known as nonviolent communication. It's Friday, February 25th from 6.30 until 9 p.m. That's the evening portion of the program. And then the following day on Saturday, February 26th from 9.30 to 5, basically you attend both pieces of it. Right. You you attend both pieces. If you'd like to sign up, please call Unity on Maui at 242-9327. That's 242-9327. This is an amazing workshop. And whether you live here full time or are just visiting and listening to this program, I really recommend that you check out um, the work of of, uh, nonviolent communication. We have a very special guest in the studio today. Very, very, very special guest. Uh, My girlfriend, Molly Terrio, is with me. Hello, Molly. Hi, Jim. How are you? You didn't know we were going to do this. I didn't know we were going to do this. Um, But I wanted to talk about how this type of communication can be used in relationships among people, which is a more practical application than most of us, most of the listeners, are not dealing with the issues of of Palestinians and Israelis. How is it used uh, at home and in relationship? Same principle. Okay. Well, let's 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 use an example here. We're, we'll 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 figure out something. Is how how do you how do you facilitate this? Well, if something happened for you, Molly, or for you, James, that you just uh, say what you didn't like mm-hmm. and what she or he did that you didn't like, then you say how you felt at that moment. Okay. And which need of yours hasn't hasn't been met? But make it just the way you would. Ordinary, habitually just say it. Go just ahead, Molly. You, it's your, this is your chance to gripe <laughs> to our thousands of listeners all over the island. Um, this is truly unrehearsed. Well, the immediate gripe that I have is the fact that you asked me to come into the studio today with no plan as to what was going to happen or why I would be here, and now here I am on air griping about you and being facilitated <laughs> <laughs> live. Um, um, I have to say, it it's, it both, um, I feel put on the spot. Um, I, this probably isn't the most appropriate topic for me to talk about, though, because part of me is a little excited. This is one of the things I kind of like about Jim, is that I never quite know where he's going to come at me yeah. from. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so facilitate bad. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Now, uh, so the process, mm-hmm. and, and, and this... I can go there. You can go there. <laughs> the process is consisting of four elements. Mm-hmm. The observation meaning what really stimulated yeah. what you were just saying, then how you felt about it mm-hmm. or feel about it mm-hmm. and which need of yours was uh, not quite met through that. Okay. And the request then to Jim. So let me let me work on that one with you, Mama. Okay. okay? Sounds good. So the observation from what you just said was, well, here I am sitting and re- uh, working with you, Jim, about the situation in life where it, 
it was a little difficult for you. Mm-hmm. So that's that's. Yeah. When I hear you ask me, Jim, to jump in here, I feel kind of more than surprised, a little shocked, because I'd really like to have some preparation and inclusion and decision making, how to do things. <laughs> you that got it, Krista. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, in real life, guys, I really everybody here on the who's listening, I would like you to then not stop, but make a request element four of this whole thing. Mm. Now, what do you want back from Jim? There are connecting requests or action requests. Okay. In your case, I would think a connecting request would work. So a connecting request could be, Jim, would you just please tell me what you heard me say? Mm-hmm. Not as a kind of, did you listen? But uh-huh. as a kind of, I really want to make sure that I made myself clear. So would you, before you say anything, Jim, just tell me what you heard me say right now? And then you do that, Jim. I would, re- I would repeat what I heard. Yeah, what you got. Now, I would like you to have the translated, you know, the focused uh, on these four elements. Mm-hmm. If you could repeat back what you heard Mala say. Okay. Do you want me to do that or does she want to make the request I would like to first? make that request that, okay. you, that, that I do know that you've heard me. Or yeah, what what you, you heard. What yeah. I heard you say is that you were a little shocked and surprised that... On live radio before all of our listeners, I would put you in the hot seat here to to engage in this type of uh, dialogue, and it's kind of a surprise. Um, but then I also heard you say you kind of thought that was kind of fun and that was sexy or attractive the, the week after Valentine's Day. But you didn't mention that part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now that was that was what you what came from you. That came from me. That's Did you not hear you which said. need of hers was not quite met? That's important. I think the need that that was not met was that she uh, was that I kind of articulate to her what I'm planning and get her permission before I put yeah. her on the hot seat. Yeah, include and permission. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. So then you say thank you. I mean, this is real life. Right. How this we do is, this. This is real life. This That's is what we try to life. do on this radio show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A yeah. slice of our lives. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Do you, do you like that, Molly? I would like to say thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That does feel good. Yeah. And people are not used to that. Mm-hmm. People don't make a request. We say what we, th- we, we want, yeah. and then we shut up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other person says, well, I think. And then you do get the response you didn't want to have. Mm-hmm. You know, go somewhere completely different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really, this is one of the things I, 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 I would like people to get from the workshop. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, to learn, instead of judgment, to find out which need hasn't been met, and then to make sure that the other person really got me or if it's an issue where I rather want to understand what the other person is feeling I ask would you be tell me, uh, would you be willing to tell me what you feel mm-hmm. right now after hearing what I said mm-hmm. you know when it's a touchy issue mm-hmm. just to be able to hear it back so that you know the other side the other person is really understanding yes because so much of our feelings of uh, violence or lack of, or come from the standpoint of they didn't hear what I said. That's, and they that's, don't get me. They that's don't happening. Get me. That's happening. Yeah. So to be able to articulate it back and to demonstrate that you do hear it. Yeah. And then to be able to make a, a, a small request that is something that is easy to do makes both parties feel yeah. better. And, and, um, uh, in, in your situation, you could just as well just have asked, you know, Jim, I want to know how you feel about what I just said. Mm-hmm. How is that for you when I just say my truth? Mm-hmm. So that then you ask that. Mm-hmm. 
Shall I now? Try it out. Yes, I'd love to. How does it make you feel when I speak my truth? I often wonder that. I love it because that's what makes me love you so much is the ability, is the communication that we have. And one of the reasons I knew I could do this with you live is because we have this type of relationship. And, uh, and so that's, I, but I, but that's why I, I like hearing your truth. Yeah. So there you are. Now you're really probably feeling kind of in a certain way complete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He so. heard me. Hey, he heard me first mm-hmm. thing. Secondly, he even told me that he likes it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Now this is it. Now, when of course there is a, an issue with history behind it where, painful issues and Mm -hmm. stuff it takes a little longer (laughs) and that's why you come to the workshop which is this friday and saturday krista one of the things we were talking about on the break is that doing this work gives you a sense of peace within yourself yeah how is that tell us a little about that you know when i carry a judgment in me about another person i carry the load of the energy Mm -hmm. the judgment is right in my body and i would like people to to hear what they're telling themselves about the situation or about people translated into what do I need right now? Not neediness. I'm often misunderstood. What is it that I want from the from my energy power center? From solar plexus. Yeah, my my humanity, who I am. Yeah. I need I need understanding. I need consideration. I need inclusion when it comes to decision making. Mm-hmm. I need. Uh, some warmth, some acceptance, all these kind of things. Uh, that, when they're not met, we go up thinking that there's something wrong with the other people or something wrong with me for wanting that. Mm-hmm. It goes, something wrong. It always is something wrong. And we carry that in our physical bodies. And the peace comes when I realize it's okay, that's a need. Now I can come to the point where I can ask for somebody to out there to support me in fulfilling that need. It doesn't always have to be one person. And there are hundreds of ways how we can fulfill the need for consideration. We can have the other person tell me what he or she uh, heard me say, just what you did. Mm -hmm. You can actually ask for an action. Would you be willing to uh, uh, pick up the stuff right now and put it away so I can get... um, organized in the kitchen when somebody has done a meal before and didn't clean up after him or herself mm-hmm. and a person who starts the kitchen would really like to have some consideration mm-hmm. the action request would be would you be willing right now to pick up the things and your things and so I can start so this has application everywhere I mean from from the deep issues in the Middle East to Oh, kitchen maintenance issues. Yeah. Uh, you can use this form of communication everywhere. What about in the workplace? Because I know there are a lot of people who have issues with their boss or with uh, fellow workers. How, how do you uh, employ this there? That's a place where most thinking is done and judging is done mm-hmm. without us being aware of it. Simply because we are afraid to lose the job or we are afraid to be seen as p- difficult not cooperative and so we have, we have a lots of thinking mm-hmm. and uh, I work in, in, in working environments with mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and I like it because it, it really helps people to become more aware that co-workers bosses are human beings mm-hmm. and when people realize what we're doing is out of a need not because we have an intention to hurt 
it really makes a difference for a team spirit. Mm -hmm. When people are seeing each other as human beings, period. Mm -hmm. not, not, not power players who try to push down and mob and so on. This is powerful work. Well, Krista, thank you for being with us today. And I want to remind everyone that the workshop is this weekend. It's called Compassionate Communication. It's a two-day workshop. You start on Friday night, uh, Friday, February 25th from 6.30 until 9 p.m. And then continue on Saturday starting at 9.30 in the morning and go until 5 at night. And uh, if you would like to sign up, call Unity at 242-9327. Do I have the times wrong? Yeah, the, the date is wrong, the unfortunately. Is wrong. Okay. I see in the flyer here, uh, by mistake, uh, they wrote February the 26th. February the 26th is a Sunday. Okay. So it's, it's a, this a Friday, Friday evening, Saturday. Friday and Saturday. So evening. whoever has a flyer of Unity Church in front of them, please change the date. Th yes, please do. <laughs> and then also the book. It is, uh, this is his newest book. It's called Speak Peace in a World of Conflict. And then the subtitle, which Krista really resonates with, is What You Say Next Will change your world uh you can pick that up online at amazon uh if you want to go and help unity in the yeah. process go to am uh, go to unity dot unity on maui dot org and click on the amazon link and amazon will get it to you it's a wonderful book uh speak peace in a world of conflict by marshall rosenberg phd kristen Moore. Thank, thank you so much for being with us and we will look forward to seeing you this friday at your workshop That's we right. will continue with conversations with friends with awaken with diksha you don't want to miss that stay tuned conversations with friends with mary omwake is a presentation of unity on maui we are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m at the maui tropical plantation in waikapu Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. Do you dream of owning a home or consolidating debt with a refinance? Hawaii's premier mortgage company can make your dream of owning your home in paradise a reality, or they can help in the refinance of your existing home with their experience guaranteed lowest rates, exceptional customer service, and a little magic. Premier Mortgage can get you a home loan to fit your needs. To find out about Hawaii's Premier Mortgage various loan programs, call Trisha Morris and the Magicians at either office location. Call Premier Mortgage in Kihei at 874-8800 or in West Maui, call 665-8800. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson, sitting in for Mary Omwake. Our next guests, we have two of them, uh, are talking about Awaken with Diksha. We have Beverly Beverly Brunel and Chris Menzel. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, the first question, what is Diksha? Ah, Diksha is the transmission of divine energy. It's um, You could correlate it to Reiki, where it's a hands-on healing experience often, and it shifts a person's energy field and their perception of their own self and their relationships. And it's an organic experience where a person may feel more joyful, more easeful. Certainly it deepens a person's experience of meditation in the moment, mm -hmm. and that can last for quite a while. Um, it helps people really shift their way of being. So they're, as uh, the last interview was about nonviolent communication, it helps a person be more aware more compassionate and more responsive 
to making changes in their in their relating with other people and with themselves in their outlook. Yeah, Chris, how's it different than Reiki? Well, Reiki is uh, different energy, and our experience, Diksha, is a finer, a higher energy, and is really what we describe divine energy. Describe. Tell me what the meaning of finer energy is. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm intrigued with this concept of, of these different variants of energy. I'm a Reiki master mm-hmm. and um, do other forms of energy healing as well and have for quite a long time, since 87. And my experience is that the energy of Diksha is beyond full body. It is, for me, it's, there's an energy that builds inside of me and it's a gentle Growing to the point where it's it's spontaneous and it's like I'm not here anymore. Really, I'm more I'm more um, involved in these sensations that are within me, and they're delicious and they're luscious. And sometimes I think to myself, Why would I go anyplace else? Why would I? Why 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 would I want to cause myself problems or anybody else problems? Not that I try to, but I certainly notice that I do because there's so much joy inside of me already. Mm-hmm. And the stiksha opens me up to that. It opens other people up to what's already there. So it's a deep, deep, deep experience. Very different flavor than, than Reiki, say. i got to say, there is something to it. Because when, when you two walked in the studio, I could feel the energy just lighten up. And I don't know why, but I, there's something to it. But I'm intrigued with this parsing of different types of energy. I mean, yeah. this is, uh, in my notes here, it says this is new, or two years new. New to the Western world. What does that mean? How is there new energy? What is that about? That's a good question. In my research as a Reiki teacher, um, we did research with our clients asking what their their response was and with the the givers what their experience was. And with Reiki, there was a certain feeling. With Amanahuna energy, there was a certain feeling. One was more focused. One was more diffuse. One worked more with the inner. One worked more with the outer field. Mm -hmm. This Diksha energy has an other flavor, another feeling. Um, The energy of this microphone, the energy of this desk, it's all energy. But if you look at, um, you know, in a quantum physics way, there's a certain configuration that makes it look the way it does. Mm -hmm. So it's this, I'll say it's a similar thing with Diksha. It's a, it's maybe a different configuration. You talk about, um, in the break, you were talking about the movie, What the Bleep. What the Bleep, yeah. And that's a great rendition of the possibilities. There are so many possibilities available in every moment, but are we available to it? Typically not because we're in the trap or the patterns of our own wounding, of our own automatic perceptions. What Diksha does is it allows the person, it gives them um, the experience of opening their awareness their box of reality to include more possibilities. Mm-hmm. And it works individually with each person so that whatever your wounding or your your patterns are or your habits, that it shifts them to allow you in your own way to open up to perceive, say, Molly differently or this interaction that, that every other time you took it as an altercation attack. Mm-hmm. But this time you're able to go, ah, and come from a whole new place that takes the, the moment further, like in the title, subtitle of the book. Mm-hmm. In the next moment, you can change your experience. And how you perceive it. Yeah. How, how is Diksha given? You, um, we, we, we typically sit in a group of between 10 and 20 persons. And 
when the time comes to give diksha, we walk around, place our hands very softly on people's heads, and from that moment on, we are simply channels. We're channeling divine energy as pure as possible. I personally feel my hands tingling, my hands getting hot, so I know there is a lot of energy happening. Mm -hmm. uh, we got initiated to do this, um, and uh, a lot of the initiation was really about becoming clearer, becoming clearer channels. Mm -hmm. So I know very sure that it's not my energy that's coming through there, it's divine energy. Tell me about the, uh, now this, you got initiated by whom and where? We went uh, for a 21-day course to India, mm -hmm. in the south of India, and got trained by people in their 20s mm -hmm. that were wonderful and adult and spectacular human beings in their own right. And this is placed in the middle of farmland India. Yeah, very and rural, very, very, very rural. Yeah. And uh, in the middle of that is this hyper-modern campus. And uh, our teachers are just like any 20-year-olds here. They have their iPods, they have their computers, they dance really wild. But to us, there are enlightened monks that yeah. uh, are just is admirable. Like in indigo children? Is that yeah, that I yeah? think there's something to that. I think these are people that have come to earth with a very, very special mission. Now, but the genesis of Dikshik, uh, as I understand it, comes from this, these two husband and wife uh, avatars. You avatars, them, yeah. Saints, yeah. Tell me a little bit about them. Um, they uh, are a couple in their fifties and sixties. Mm -hmm. uh, started out as school teachers. They had a private school, um, and one day they saw their children were getting enlightened. They came to them and said, here's this golden ball that is coming down on me, and suddenly I can see what's happening in the past, what's happening in the future, what's happening in other places. And uh, the teacher, Bhagavan, looked at this kid and said, God, you're getting enlightened, and can you pass this on? Can mm -hmm. you take this golden ball and pass it on? And he was able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so the children became enlightened. And it was in 89. And uh, since then, about 18 million Indians have become followers of Bhagavan. But he has not brought it out because one really important thing he says is um, it's not good to talk about enlightenment if you cannot give it. Because then what happens is people become stuck in this craving for enlightenment mm -hmm. and they really um, cannot go towards it. Because enlightenment is more about letting loose than being crazy about it and craving something and doing something for it. I was going to ask, what does an enlightened child look like or, or act like? Well, if we do sense... Um, the specialness of people. Mm -hmm. um, we can sense the light around people. Mm -hmm. And we can uh, have obvious things, um, obvious things that the child does or knows. One of the first things that these children did was when they came home to their parents, 
they knew what they had been doing. They said they came in and said, "Oh, I know that last Saturday you were ta- talking with my auntie about this and that." So their intuition, their remote viewing capabilities had, had really been enhanced or uh, markedly changed. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> that's nice. So, uh, in terms of getting diksha, um, it's basically you. You're sitting in a place, and then and then the the facilitators, as as you two are both trained in that, uh, go around, and then you said basically touch the foreheads, and 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 is is this something that the recipient feels? Is it a palpable feeling? Yeah, we you do it with. We walk around sometimes and give the hands on, and other times people we sit we sit still and they come to us, and it's a different experience either way. Um, the person in general is just to be present with themselves and to notice the sensations in their body. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes there's a phenomenal experience that happens. Sometimes nothing mm-hmm. is aware. There's no awareness of anything unusual happening. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter, although it's quite fascinating and interesting. It's over time the shifts that happen. That's what's key. The energy does its work no matter what the person experiences in the moment. That's amazing. And, and, and if you're driving your car right now and you're listening to this and it sounds a little woo-woo, I want to help validate it because there it has oh, yes. Wayne Dyer, who is Maori's own uh, best-selling author and, and has helped tens of thousands of people and helped raise hundreds of millions of dollars for public television, is a big supporter of, of what you're doing. And you all are doing an event this Wednesday, the 22nd. Tell tomorrow. us about that. Yeah, it's tomorrow. And we're very, very excited about it. And uh, the event starts at 5.30, goes to 9.30. And Wayne Dyer will come and at 7 o'clock hold a keynote speak, speech and introduce Freddie Nielsen and Madeleine Ram, who have been to Maui before and have introduced Diksha to Maui last year. And after the introduction, they will give Diksha. Mm-hmm. Before that, from 5.30 on, we will have Tina Malia playing music. Wonderful, wonderful soul. And uh, have movies and information about how we learned to give Diksha and uh, what is happening in India. It sounds like a great event. And then again on Sunday, February 26th, you're doing something at Unity. Yeah, we will be at Unity Church in the church building. At 1 o'clock to 7 o'clock, and we'll go really, really deep. We will have four or five diksha givers there. Mm-hmm. We will give a lot of diksha. We will go sky high mm-hmm. and uh, have enough room there to really explain everything about it and uh, get you excited. It sounds fascinating. We're going to talk more about Maui Diksha when we come back. Uh, I want to give out the website when we return. We'll be back more speaking about Maui Diksha. This is Conversations with Friends. Conversations with Friends with Mari Omwek is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m. at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. 
Do you dream of owning a home or consolidating debt with a refinance? Hawaii's premier mortgage company can make your dream of owning your home in paradise a reality, or they can help in the refinance of your existing home with their experience guaranteed lowest rates, exceptional customer service, and a little magic. Premier Mortgage can get you a home loan to fit your needs. To find out about Hawaii's premier mortgage, various loan programs, call Trisha Morris and the magicians at either office location. Call Premier Mortgage in Kihei at 874-8800 or in West Maui, call 665-8800. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. I'm James Jacobson. We are having a very wonderful day here in Conversations with Friends. We are now speaking about Diksha, and this is experiential radio. Uh, I'd mentioned earlier that uh, my girlfriend, Molly Terrio, is in the studio with us, and you heard her speak with Krista Morph. Now she is receiving Diksha, and we'll talk to her after she, she receives it. She's receiving it from Beverly. So while that's going on, Chris, let me ask you, um, what brought you... What, what made you interested in it in the first place? My personal experience was that back in 89, I had an awakening experience and a sudden deep, deep knowing that all that is around us is really just love. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing but love and all is one and God is what we regard as this one. And that wasn't a belief. That was... a total inert knowing that came to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took that with me and uh, wasn't ever able to really express that. And I believe a lot of people have this kind of experience. And there's no outlet in our world for that. Um, so I've run a number of dot-com companies, been really immersed as an entrepreneur in the computer world. Mm-hmm. And then Beverly introduced Diksha to me about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. A friend of hers had gone to India, was actually the first person from the West that had received Diksha and brought it to the West. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went there, and I must say, at first I felt very little. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that I felt more and more about it. Mm-hmm. And over time I became to realize that this is really the same energy that I was experiencing then back in 89. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Freddie and Madeleine, who will be here tomorrow, uh, introduced me to the possibility of training in that and becoming a Diksha giver, my heart just said yes. Mm-hmm. And we right away went in October. Beverly had the very same I, uh, the very same feeling that he immediately wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So uh, in a matter of a month, we packed up our things, went to India, got trained at, as Diksha givers, and started an entirely new life. Wow. Well, Beverly is back from giving Molly Diksha. Um, what did you do? And then we'll ask Molly how she felt about it. But what did you do? Um, I said my prayer, invoking Diksha energy to come through clearly and purely and I put my hands on her head as if coming down from the heavens as if I was pouring the energy and uh, this space of radiance opened up in my heart and in Diksha we call it the presence the divine presence and I just was with myself with her and being in that place and I moved my hands from the top of her head to the sides to the front and the back and then I put my hands on her heart for a moment mm. and Molly how did it what did you experience 
Well, that that physical sensation of having, uh, for, for me, it looked like a golden oil was poured down from as soon as you put your hands on the crown of my head. Um, and as I shared with you over the break, I'm a Reiki master myself, so I taught this for a long time, first received Reiki a long time ago, and it's a different, feels different, for sure, absolutely. Um, and the best way I can describe how I'm feeling it even now, that time is passing in a linear fashion the way that it normally does, and at the same time, I'm in the space that I'm in when I do uh, intuitive readings for people where there is no time. I read the Akashic records, and in the records there's no time at all. There's no space. Uh, there's no past, present, or future. It's all now. And that's where I am while I'm also experiencing linear time. I don't know if that made any sense, but it That's, that's very cool. Well, it was a good experience. <laughs> Beverly, you were saying there's some scientific uh, research that's been done about Diksha? Yes, Chris is the, the um, expert on the scientific part. What is that? Over in Copenhagen is a group of university professors and researchers, and uh, they have put an eight-channel EEG on uh, a person's head giving diksha and a person's head receiving diksha. Mm -hmm. Now, a EEG is a very normal medical instrument. Right. The way that they measure is standard scientific. It measures brain electricity. They measure the brain electricity, uh -huh. the brain waves, and they analyze the frequency patterns of the brain waves. And uh, they found out that within one diksha, the energy moves from the back of the head, what we call the parietal lobes, to the front of the head. What that means in terms of brain research is the parietal lobes, as many other scientists have discovered, have to do with our location in time and space. And we know that they are overactive. They run at about three times the intensity that they need to run. So they lock us in very much into being here, being in this body, and uh, shielding us from the experience of oneness what we really are, that we are one with each other, one with the world, one with God. And uh, by moving the energy from there, or the brain waves, into the front, um, the front has to do with God consciousness and has been measured in yogis to be the more active lobe. So a long uh, course of meditation creates the same pattern mm -hmm. that there's more activity in the front. Mm -hmm. And you can receive it much faster through this. Diksha is so it's incredibly fast. fast. How did Wayne Dyer become introduced to it or interested in it? He got uh, introduced to it by Freddie, who mm -hmm. will be coming here, and uh, got Diksha. Um, I'm myself very curious how mm -hmm. uh, his experience is. He hasn't spilled the secret to me yet, mm -hmm. but... Uh, he will be speaking tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Mm -hmm. We'll be at the uh, Maui Beach Hotel in right, Kahului. Right in Kahului, yeah. yeah. And Madeline and Freddie are coming from Sweden. They travel the world. They've given diction to over 100,000 people throughout uh, Africa, Europe, Asia, and they've been working in the U.S. in the last few months. Wow. And uh, you guys, I mean, you were saying how you first got involved with it. Is this something that is taught that you can learn here in Maui? 
Well, right now to become a Diksha giver, you have to go over to India and do the 21-day training there. Okay. From I these enlightened 20-year-olds with iPods and <laughs> and uh, that's very cool. I just see this vision of of like this rural part of India and driving there must have been quite a thing. And then you get there and then you see this modern campus mm-hmm. with these enlightened 20-year-old teachers. That must be pretty powerful. And that's not all. Then next to the campus, they're building a temple. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much done, maybe another year. Mm-hmm. The temple is one full acre in size, a building of one acre. Mm-hmm. 20,000 people can sit in that temple. To receive it, and to receive diksha. Uh, this is not just a building. This is, number one, it's built with Feng Shui. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Indian name, the Indian art is Vasu. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a lot of energy is already in the structure of the temple. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, by the time the temple is built, they plan to have 8,000 enlightened beings meditating in this temple mm-hmm. in a very, very high state, almost enlightened state, uh, continuously, 24 hours a day. Very similar to the concept of silent unity where there's prayer going on. And, and I talk a lot about the difference between prayer and meditation in my work. But uh, the concept of basically being silent and, and experiencing what is, that's powerful. How many people? 8,000. At well, one time, 24 hours a day? The yes. people, these 8,000 people have been through the program and they're in very deep states that that uh, are beyond the everyday meditative state, uh-huh. and so the field, the the energy field, is very high frequency. And they're also, the temple is built on this me- meeting point of many ley lines, mm-hmm. so it's very um, precisely orchestrated. That's being orchestrated. that's amazing. I, I imagine a lot of people will be drawn to that energy. When will that? When's that scheduled to be completed? Well, it's in half a year Indian time. <laughs> will be anything from a year to five years. Is that like Maui time? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, that's, that is fascinating. Now, um, you guys have a website dedicated to this events here in Maui, which is very easy to remember. It's Maui Diksha, D-I-K-S-H-A dot com. But the main site for Diksha is Living in Joy or? Yeah, Freddie's website is livingenjoy.com. Okay. That includes all the events that Freddie and Madeleine are putting on worldwide. I went. I got up early this morning and uh, was uh, surfing that website, and I, I recommend that. So check out both of those websites, um, MauiDiksha.com and LivingInJoy.com. And, again, the workshops are this um, Wednesday, tomorrow night, the one where Wayne Dyer will be at. It uh, starts at 5.30, but you can come at 7 and hear Wayne, and that's at the... Um, uh, hotel here in Kahului, the Maui Beach Hotel, and then you will be at Unity. We love it to be in a more intimate environment at Unity, and that's going to be this Sunday. Um, what are the times on that? One o'clock? Yeah, this Sunday, the 26th, from one o'clock to seven o'clock, okay. we'll be there. And we do regular events. We are every Monday in South Kihei. We're every Tuesday in Makavao, every Wednesday in Lahaina. And you find out all on MauiDiksha.com. Mm-hmm. And have you, have you been getting a lot of response or people just really tuning into this new form of energy work? It's growing. People are very um, responsive and very appreciative of it. Families are, are doing it together, and communities of people are doing it together, and the deepening that's happening and they're reporting shifts in their um, levels of harmony and ease and knowing themselves. 
It's, it's very rewarding to hear. Have you? Have, do you continue to practice Reiki, or have you pretty much exclusively moved to this form no, of energy? No, uh, years ago, I've, I've uh, my work is a, I do energetic healing work and readings, and it's a compilation of everything. So mm-hmm. I don't specifically separate. Okay, so it's kind of you, you, you're able this to integrate all of this work. Yes, okay. yes, that's fascinating. And then I, I'm still intrigued, and I don't know if I was fully feel satisfied with the answer I asked earlier about this. It's new to the West. It's a two-year-old energy. What is that? She's shaking her head, which doesn't Bhagavan, translate on radio. Yeah, I don't know. I can't tell. Bhagavan, uh, the, the initial the initiator of this, yeah. two years ago, decided that he would bring it into the public. Okay. He's been developing this desire since he was a child, growing mm. up, blah, blah, blah. Meaning, not blah, 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 but incubating. And he decided at a gathering of many people that this was a time for him to put it out to the world of people who were in his ashram at the time. Mm-hmm. At the time, there were several Westerners there mm-hmm. to see what would happen. Is this transferable to people who haven't been following him for five or ten years? Mm. He passed the energy on. Grace was enlightened. Uh, Jeanette from uh, Sweden was enlightened. Other people were, were enlightened and went through very deep experiences. And from that point, he's been doing tra- trainings every month, 21 days with people from all over the world, wow. Russians, Japanese, people coming in droves. Uh, 250 Americans were there in January. So it's growing, and it's new in that way. I understand. Well, that makes perfect sense. Now, that makes a lot of sense. Beverly, Beverly Brunel and Chris Menzel, thank you for being with us. Again, the workshop is, um, uh, the website is MauiDiksha.com this Wednesday and again on Sunday at Unity. And I also want to remind you about the Compassionate Communication course that uh, Unity is having this Friday with Krista Morf, who is our first guest. That's from 6.30 until 9 p.m. and then again on Saturday all day from 9.30 to 5 p.m. I want to make a special thanks to my girlfriend Molly for being the guinea pig for both <laughs> segments of the show today. Uh, Molly, what did you think about your uh, time here on the radio? Thank you, Jim. This was a lot of fun, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. You see? It we, was a we, lot try of to, fun. we try to make this experiential radio, and <laughs> truly, when we sit down, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's always a fun show. And I want to thank you for listening. Every Tuesday, Conversations with Friends right here on KAOI and also on the World Wide Web via our podcast. To find out about that, go to our website at conversationswithfriends.com, and you'll be able to start uh, downloading these and listening to these podcasts every week. I'm Jim Jacobson. Mary Omwake will be here with me next week. Take care. Have a wonderful week. Aloha.